Hello, everyone. Happy Easter. If that's something you like and celebrate. If you're a person who enjoys Easter, happy Easter to you for whatever reason you enjoy Easter, whether it be religious reasons or just the uh, production of mini eggs. Happy Easter to you. We have a really cool person on our podcast this week. We got to talk to uh, Anya Magliano. A comedian and all round very funny, wonderful human being. Um, what did we speak about? We spoke about coming out, we spoke about therapy, um, and we spoke about, oh yes, Anya's uh, gossip sessions that she does or has been I doing on, in the past on a Friday. Gossip in lockdown. I definitely asked my like teen students if they had any goss for me inspired by Anya the other day. It's so good. It's so good. It is it is truly inspired. It's always really funny, but sometimes like oh, oh like, my god. Actually like, shocking. Like some of the, some of the if you <laughs> if you don't I, enjoy really funny, if, if you don't enjoy like scatology, is that what it's called? Yes. Scatology Talking things, about poo. Caveat is now, um all the poo ones get me. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So much shitting in places where shit is not meant to be. Yeah, and so much housemate drama. We don't have any, so it's so nice so to much like live vicariously. Yeah, yeah. So much having sex with housemates that hasn't happened here, um, but um, that yeah. is disgusting. <laughs> that is no. Actually oh, offended. That, oh, Thanks, no. Mel. I'm so sorry. I'm so. Oh, no. <laughs> I couldn't think of any. No, no. No. So you're about to say you're I couldn't great. think of anything worse. Well, I, I probably mean, could. You could but... definitely do worse. <laughs> oh, than I me. could. No, I could. I could. But I just mean like. No, it would be weird. It'd it be would like. Be... Yeah, it'd be very incestuous. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving swiftly on to socials. So, um, if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram at Open House Pod and on Twitter at underscore Open House Pod. We are very active on Instagram, not as active on Twitter, but we are trying our best. And <laughs> we all are you can do is try. Trying. <laughs> Brill. So with that said, enjoy the show. The actual intro will play now. Welcome to Open House, the podcast all about having those difficult conversations. Ever had to hash out funeral plans with your terminally ill mum? Or ask if your dad is really your dad? We have, and we want to chat all about it. Join me, Clancy, and me, Mel, as we open up and get into some nitty gritty details. Like therapy, but cheaper. This is Open House. Hello, everyone. Can't see. That's when you're meant to join in and say hi to the listeners. Hello, listeners. How are you? It's me, Clancy. <laughs> hello, 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 and me, Mel. We are here. We are at Open House. We're doing the thing. So we have a wonderful, wonderful person on our show today. We have the hilariously funny Anya Magliano. Everyone, Anya is a comedian and writer. Her writing in credit. Oh, her writing in credits. That's not a thing. Her writing credits include Frankie Boyle's New World Order. 
News Jack and The Now Show. When we're not all stuck in our houses, Anya is also a regular at gigs across London, including The Law Word, 21 Soho Presents and Canned Laughter. She is a former member of the Cambridge Footlights and a founder of Stockings Comedy, which is a comedy collective for female and non-binary comedy performers. Anya has been supplying us with much needed goss over lockdown on her Instagram account <laughs> with her Friday gossip sessions. It's wild and you must all follow her now over at... Anya Magliano. We're so stoked to have her on the show. Please welcome so to stoked. our virtual studio, the wonderfully hilarious Anya! Hello, thank you so much for having me. No, thank This you. is stunning. Can I please say, um, what a fancy pants, Cambridge Footlights, hello. Oh, please I know, it's actually that. incredibly embarrassing. No, <laughs> I was like, she's Emma Thompson. Well, exactly. But that's the thing. It's like, obviously, Emma Thompson, absolute legend, who also, whilst I was at Cambridge, came back and did a talk and then was like, during the talk, she was like, so where does everyone go out these days? And everyone was like, um, it was Thursday. So it was this club called Life. And then she came. <laughs> she went out. She went clubbing. This oh, was like in my first year. She went clubbing. <laughs> and and everyone was in... That is amazing. Were you just like... I didn't go life? out because... No. I was like kind of a nerd. Um, no, I wasn't. I was just like probably <laughs> depressed. But um, my ex at the time had gone and they all just like everyone's Instagram stories that night were just like Emma Thompson, like in the club. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that is amazing. She seems like That's someone so who would cool. do that though. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like of all the people who I would expect that, I was like, That's totally in character. What a legend. That's um, amazing. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I think, I don't know, I feel like Footlights, a lot of the members of it, obviously it's amazing and it's, I feel so lucky to have been in it. I think with Footlights, a lot of the, like, people who it promoted, it was like such an epitome of like, what's wrong with the comedy scene that now I'm right. like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still very, I still feel very lucky to have gone there and it definitely like helped my career in comedy so much. Just at least like, even if it wasn't for all the connections and stuff it gives you, which it definitely does, like the amount of practice you get at comedy is incredible. Like, like nowhere else, I guess. So give it a five out of 10. <laughs> right, Anya, um, we're going to be super eggy and play Two Truths and a Lie. Cool. Are, are you on board with this? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Anya, would you like to tell us your two truths and one lie? Oh, wait, I've forgotten my lie. Hang on. <laughs> For fuck's sake. What was, I, what was my lie going to be? You know what, is this? Anya, is it always know. this bad? <laughs> From, yeah, I guess it is. always it's this okay. bad. Um, we once yeah. had a 10 minute interval. And we yeah. just kind of like... We went and got this snacks. Was, this, was when, this was when we were doing it in person and we just kind of like sat and ate like crisps. Oh yeah, stunning. The poor person was okay. like, "Ah, oh. I've got, I've got them now. Okay. You've got them now. All right, I'm not going to intro you in case it makes you nervous. So you <laughs> when you want. Okay, so my two truths and a lie. Ooh. Um, I've dated someone who was in Harry Potter. I have had plastic surgery. I have five oh. tattoos. Um, oh, okay. I really hope you've dated someone in Harry Potter. Me too. I want to know about that. I think <laughs> because the tattoos one seems like the most 
like placid I feel like that might be it might be like full tattoos I think I'm gonna go for that yeah I think that (laughs) might be the lie and also I feel like the plastic surgery could be a thing like you know how like if you break something and then you have to have like reconstruction maybe it's maybe it's maybe something you know how yeah maybe yeah okay I think I think the tattoo is the lie fuck you literally got it exactly right (laughs) the plastic surgery is because I dropped something on my thumb and I had to have it reconstructed (laughs) oh my god is this uh, because we've stalked you a lot and innately know these things or is that just because we're It's really quite creepy. Know. Like our podcast research just involves like heavy stalking on Instagram. Yeah, it is. It is quite... That's stunning. Alas. I might start a podcast about all the people I fancy then. <laughs> Give it away to justify <laughs> you it. You totally should. Please do that. We would listen. Okay, so tell us about this person. And how, are you yeah, Harry Potter, Harry Potter person that you dated. I think I can. Was it yeah, it was, Emma, it was your friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so I dated I dated an actor who played like a younger version of one of the big characters, but I won't say exactly who it was for their privacy. Um, but like they still do. I think like a lot of the actors do, even if you weren't like one of the big three or four or five I don't know JK Rowling's cancelled anyway fucker yeah fucker <laughs> literally but like they he would still go and do like um p- picture photo shoots with fans in like Sweden and stuff like that would they pay um, him to do that I think so That's don't know we weren't together we were together for like a, under a year um okay. Wow. Fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> That's super exciting. Well, delightful. Thank you so much for that. I know. Well, I know course. so many people Gosh. who are like, um, kind of like went to performing arts schools and were like extras in Harry Potter, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Catch me in the in the whole scene. Um, I'm the like <laughs> Slytherin furthest from the right. Uh, for like one millisecond. I, I know remember. so many people that do that though. Yeah. I also do that. <laughs> well, no, not really, but like, I. There was this weird, I don't know whether my dad was like lying or like purposefully misremembered it, but he told me that he wanted to take me to the open auditions for the part of Hermione. And he told me this like a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh my God, imagine my life if I would have gotten to be Hermione. And I was talking about this with someone and they were like, you would have literally been like three. Like, you couldn't have gone to those auditions. They were auditioning, like, eight-year-olds or nine-year-olds. And I was like, what? No, I couldn't. Because I was telling them the anecdote as if, like, I could have been Hermione. And they were like, no, you couldn't. Um, so, and I really want to crack on with um, difficult conversations. And please, please, can we start with all of the really awkward conversations that people send you on Gossip Fridays? Please. I'm so excited. Yeah, of course. So like, I started this literally on an impulse. And also, I was going back through my um Instagram archive, because it's like my only hobby is to look at my own pictures from the past, like a psychopath. Um, <laughs> And I was scrolling back through. um, And I was looking and I realised I did an episode of Goss Fridays in like June and just didn't realize but I was like I'm bored send me some gossip from your life and just completely forgot like did it once completely forgot about it I think um, I saw that just to let you know how far my stalking has gone this is good <laughs> <laughs> 
it's good. I need other people to remember stuff in my life or I'll think it's all been a weird hallucination. Um, so, yeah, and then I was sitting... I want to say I was hungover. Yeah, I think I was. I was hungover and I looked fit. That was a key part of it. I'd had my hair done the day before. Yeah, I'd had my hair done the day before and I was filming because I filmed for this like advert thing. So I'd had it like professionally done. And I was like, I look good and I want to post loads of pictures of myself. How can I do this? Oh, I don't think it was this calculated, actually. But I think this was all sort of bubbling away under the surface. So then I was like, I'm just going to be like, send me some gossip from your life because I'm so bored. And I always open loads of conversations which I got from my friend Ken Cheng who's also a comedian amazing guy amazing friend his I feel like I've kind of stolen his catchphrase actually because he always used to say like what's the goss but then I just picked it up and started doing it as well Mm. and then just kept being like come on like someone tell me some gossip um and then was like I'm gonna put it on Instagram and then people went absolutely mental Like all the stuff they were submitting, I was like, "Fucking hell!" It was like a soap. It was like watching like the the early drafts of like ideas for soaps and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sure this is gonna be on like Corey in like a week. Do some of it? Actually, no, not even. Do 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 you not post some of it, or do you just post all of it? Because I'm like, because people go all out, and I'm wondering if there's been stuff that you've been like, "This isn't for public consumption." Um. Do I post all of it? Um, The reason that I don't post stuff sometimes is, no offence if anyone who's listening has submitted one of these, it's too boring. (laughs) Or it's, like, too sad. I think sometimes Mm. people um, are like, oh, finally, a place I can talk to about this person who's treated me badly. But it's actually, like, this is this is actually just quite sad and I don't really want to like respond to it by being like, oh my God, lol. Uh When they're like, my boyfriend has cheated on me four times. Um, But I also don't want to like, obviously it's not good, but like I can't take on the emotional burden of like responding to everyone and doing like a therapy session with them. So like if someone sends me something really like shit, I will try and send them a nice message and be like, "Uh, I'm really sorry because I'm a saint um but like I can't like go into it because like I do have that sometimes I think because like I talk openly about mental health all the time on my Instagram and like in my comedy and everywhere that like I think the kind of danger with that is that people think that um the boundaries become a bit blurred and people are like oh I can just completely because like even I I'm like quite measured, even though it probably doesn't seem like that. Like what I share is stuff that I've thought about and thought, okay, I do feel I can share this. Also, I'm talking about this like in the perspective of last year. Before that, I was an absolute mess and just shared everything online because I was in <laughs> therapy. Um, but like, yeah, sometimes when people send me like really intense stuff about whatever, I just have to be like, oh no, I'm really sorry. I hope you're getting like support from this but I'm not gonna post it to my gossip about people fucking their flatmates yeah absolutely (laughs) that's fair I was gonna ask this question a bit later but it seems to have like come around as a bit of a um what's it called not segue um but like with as a comedian who you know tells sort of anecdotes I guess you know it's you know stuff that comes from your own life do you think that it's I mean you've kind of put voice to this just now but how difficult is it to be able to sort of say that say the stuff that 
you want to say and not but not share not share too much I guess it's like how do you turn things that are difficult and painful into funny things and where's the boundary with that like where do you go do you know what this Mm. thing I've experienced isn't for public consumption or actually this I can turn into something funny that people can access it's really that's like interesting question and I'm also, like, have you guys been sitting in on my therapy session? This is part of your <laughs> no. research. Because this is, like, no. genuinely, <laughs> genuinely something that I speak about in therapy is, like, like when I have a difficult conversation or difficult life experience or anything like that, for so long my instinct was to be, like, super public about it and just like Mm. tell everyone and be like this is what I'm going through blah blah blah. I think like in the same way that a lot of those people are doing to me on if they send me something on Instagram or blah blah blah. like I've definitely been that person and oh my god I'm such a fucking bore but it is definitely therapy that has helped me get to a place where I'm like I now have spaces in my life where I can like put the not funny like raw version of it like therapy or a journal or whatever um I can put it in those places so then it exists there and then whatever version of it I want to bring elsewhere in my life I can because I've got that the the, like original version there yeah that makes Mm. so much sense yeah that's interesting that you said it makes sense because that sounded unhinged no I think it does because um I because I understand that impulse because I've definitely Uh, like when I've been very hurt in a particular moment felt the need to share things like almost to be like oh my god look at this but that isn't always a healthy thing to do and I don't think it's always a kind thing to do especially if there are other people involved I remember we posted the first episode of um of this podcast and my my grandma basically sent us hate mail. So I had the impulse to like <laughs> basically sh- re- basically screenshot it and share it. But then I but then I I like talked to Mel and Abby and they were like, no, you're just reacting to the fact that you're hurt by your close family member basically like shitting on your work. But but it wasn't yeah. appropriate at the time. Now it's quite funny because we, like we've got another feedback that's meant that we can then like hold our own and be like, actually that's quite funny because we know it's good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I understand that impulse to be like to have other people almost back you. Yeah, yeah, it is that, isn't it? It's that to be like, um, to be like I'm right, yeah. right? Yeah. But then you go, then, oh, maybe I'm not. Yeah. And it's almost yeah, and also oh, like. Yeah. Other people... See, this is the thing. I used to use... I still do now, but, like, I used to use Instagram as such a, like, cry for help, basically. And I used to always, like, post in, like, my stories and stuff and give, like... um, Like, I think purpose... Semi-purposeful, like, massive hints to when I wasn't doing well mentally. Like, it would just be really clear because I think I wanted someone to, like, reach out. But then that puts those people in quite an awkward situation of having to do that but also like sort of feel like they're not actually responding to like a proper ask or like need they might feel like they're intruding like it's not really a productive way to have those conversations and I think like it was just coming from a place of like fear of me of like being like I am so vocal about mental health in public but I have no idea how to ask for help when I need it yeah because like how do you do that um and I still struggle with that but also like yeah I think it's just something that 
you get better at and like you find you can't expect to have like a one size fits all approach for all the different people in your life to be like I'm going to ask for help from you in the exact same way as I'm going to ask for help from like this other person like obviously you have to approach everyone differently um I do think it's difficult as well like I think like we're all performers here and some guys and I think I know my uh, impulse is always to entertain Oh, and so when there's or be funny like when there's I I was in therapy over lockdown and my therapist kept being like you don't have to make me laugh <laughs> and it's like well. because I wanted like to to entertain her like and to make my issues palatable and um like entertaining and funny and and she was like you can strip it back like just talk to me yeah and I really struggled to do that yeah I find it really very similarly quite easy to sort of just be like um yeah to tell the sort of the funny version of events as opposed to um as opposed to sort of almost like the realistic and 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 truthful one and I guess with social media and stuff as well I don't know how you find yeah I mean like having a very specific presence on social media how easy it is to the, well, first, the first thing I was thinking of when you were talking about that, have you guys seen Hannah Gadsby's show in that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I say I'm a fan. I wrote my <laughs> third year dissertation on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. That's so I'm good. like fully <laughs> obsessed. And that is basically what, um, what she speaks about. And like, I just think it's so like eloquently put. And I think especially through the lens of like, her life it kind of explains it quite well but obviously it's something that applies to everyone on so many different levels of like her being like I have to change the stories that I'm telling for stand-up but like you said Mel it's also like you do that in your life when you're trying to be a fun person to be around and like you do it on social media when you're like so much um yeah I don't know like also, because there's a limit to what you can put on social media anyway in terms of, like, physical shit. Like, you can only post a certain number of characters or whatever. Like, I think you just have to condense it. And then when you lose nuance in anything, it just becomes, like... It just completely morphs into something else and then you're posting something that is far away from, like, what you actually are feeling. And then... Yeah, probably not good vibes. That's my yeah. <laughs> that's my really insightful summary. Oh, I love that. So kind of circling back to the social media thing, can you tell us and tell listeners some of the best goss you've received? Um, yeah. I mean, there have been some absolutely bonkers <laughs> ones. Like a personal favourite of mine, there was one which I had to draw a diagram for, um, which I'm sure everyone remembers because it was oh, yes. insane. It was like... So it was told from the perspective of a friend who isn't involved in this. So it was like her best friend started sleeping with... No. Her best friend's dad started sleeping with her best friend's friend or something. And then that friend moved in like as a stepmom sort of vibe. Um, Yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) I genuinely had to like draw it out. Yeah, exactly. I drew it out because it was so so confusing and also that person kept sending me follow-up stuff in my dms so like some of which i could post some of which i couldn't but it was pretty 
pretty messy stuff. There's some like more like everyone seems to have slept with their flatmates during lockdown. That one is just getting boring. It's interesting when I know the people and I can see and I'm like, I know who you live with. I was gonna uh, say, have your friend have your friends posted stuff? That yeah, you're so like, my flatmate. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I've I yeah, also like sure. I think. I put like this is anonymous, but I think people know that when you submit it, I can see and that I won't. So it's like anonymous in the sense that I'm not going to post who you are, but like I still see it. Yeah. And I got yeah. worried that people weren't getting that because I was like, you know, I can read. I know who you are. <laughs> um, but what else is, what I, else is I there I really being? enjoyed, I was watching, the, I was uh, re-watching some of the stories yesterday and one of them was like, um, my dad returned like a bag with um, some furry handcuffs and a vibrator, like, I definitely know he's seen what's in it, but husband's really happy to have the furry handcuffs back. Like, and I thought that addition was great. Yeah, lovely. My favourite, I think one of my favourite of all times has got to be one which was like, my flatmate never cleaned her dishes. So before I moved out, I like ripped up her carpet and hid all her dirty dishes under it. (gasps) I saw that. That was so funny. Oh Oh my God. Yeah. So in terms of difficult conversations that um, can go on the podcast, have you got any mm. that you're like, like came to mind when we were talking about this, like this theme? I mean, I've got so many. There was one, <laughs> like, I think some specific, st- like one bracket of conversations for me, oh my God, mm-hmm. again, is therapy. Um, but I think it's important yeah. to say that I think like quite a lot of conversations in therapy are difficult ones, mm-hmm. especially for me, like especially if so I've been seeing the therapist for um, over a year now, which is the longest mm-hmm. I've ever done any sort of therapy ever. She's great. Um, but and I felt like straight away, like I really liked talking to her mm-hmm. and I went to her because of stuff that was happening in my life that I was like, I need this, like, instantly. I, I like, can't cope. Yeah. Like, it was a very, like, um, emergency thing yeah. that has now carried on and I'm, like, out of that situation now, but still doing the therapy. Mm-hmm. So, like, we'll have to... So now I guess, like, we've kind of got to the point where other stuff in my life is, like, coming up in therapy. Um, or, like, so for a while, like, I've had... I have like on and off issues in various departments, (laughs) but like I won't have told her about them yet and then I'll need to tell them. So like when I was younger, I had loads of problems with my body image um, and I like really thought I had like gotten over it and then something triggered me like a couple of months ago and I had to tell her about it, Um, but I'd never really mentioned that I'd had any of these problems yet and I kind of felt like in well not embarrassed but I felt like I was like failing therapy because I hadn't mentioned it before and it was like oh I'm I've kept this a secret and also I I didn't tell her straight away like I kind of hinted at it one week and was kind of like this thing this situation has happened and it's I just feel a bit weird because of it but like hadn't gone into any details and then the next week was like I actually didn't tell you like the full story last week. The full story is that I've had these problems since this age, blah, 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 blah. And she like, she didn't, I didn't say I didn't tell you the full story, but she was like, oh, I thought blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh yeah, well, 
I just don't think I felt like ready to talk about it Mm. but like it was so instinctive to be like this is one shameful in itself which is obviously not true and two ashamed of the fact that I hadn't mentioned it before Mm. and that I'd like let it get to this point and never spoken about it and that like it took this kind of like crisis point of me being like I'm in a bad place I have to mention it rather than especially because I definitely have this complex of being like I have to be good at everything I have to be good at therapy Mm -hmm. um I want to be her favorite client (laughs) (laughs) So we like were literally when... having this conversation. Yeah, I don't know how you weren't sitting in on our like really two hour chat yesterday. This, this is really? so we were both talking weird. about how yeah. um like in all aspects of our lives we try to overachieve, even if that's an unhealthy like habit. Um so sorry, <clears throat> so you were talking about therapy and um mm. and body image and then re- like trying to be the best at therapy. Yeah. Do you ever think of so do you ever think your therapist is judging you? Um, sort of, mm, well, I don't know. It's like, if there's something that I tell her that I am, like, embarrassed about or feel judgeful, like, that isn't a lot, like, yeah. given the nature of doing comedy. Mm. Yeah. It's like, a lot of that is, like, kind of what we were saying earlier about, like, rewiring certain experiences in, like, different ways. So I'm like, yeah. I don't get embarrassed that much like I'm not I don't feel very conscious of like being judged most of the time but occasionally there'll be something that I'm like deeply ashamed of (laughs) and then I'll be like sometimes I think actually do you know what the first when I first did that because also in my house in London or in my flat the walls are very thin and obviously doing therapy over Zoom is, like, horrible and horribly stressful, even though my flatmates consistently tell me that they can't hear me. But, like, quite often I can hear them, so I just, like, yeah. can't get out of my head. Yeah. So if I know I'm going to talk about something difficult and I, I either ask them to, like, <laughs> leave, but it's, it's like an hour. I'm like, if you're going to go out today, can you do it at, it's like, hard. two to three just so I can, like, have some privacy? Or I'll go for a walk. Um, And obviously then I do it as a phone call instead of Zoom. And that definitely sometimes makes it easier because I'm like, I don't have to see you when I'm talking about this stuff. Right. Um, I think also like with the therapy stuff, it's I've gotten good at talking about therapy in therapy. Like, and she's very good at that. Like she'll always be like, how are you feeling talking about this with me or whatever? So we'll kind of do like a meta-analysis of therapy. Mm. I'm addicted to her. I think she's fantastic. Um, And I also feel like I'm in a position to recommend it now because I've been in different different thorns, Freudian slip, (laughs) different forms of therapy since I was like 15 or 16 and none of them have been good experiences until now. Like I'm very much like it's not as easy as just like waiting and the first one you meet will be good um so yeah I think I don't know I also just like had never spoken to anyone about therapy or like had anyone tell me what it was like or anything like that and I think it's good that more people are doing that now so that people can have like a bit more of an expectation if they're looking for it like um I was recommending therapy to someone like really close to me who had never done it 
that like you just have to I kind of say it's like a bit like dating which I definitely haven't come up with that analogy but like it is a good way to explain Mm. it but then people will be like yeah but I'm going to therapy to talk about dating (laughs) this is not helping (laughs) that's not helpful (laughs) you're so right it is but and I think that a lot of people's barrier to therapy is that it's expensive dating oh it's very expensive like Mm. like if you're not going through the NHS like you then have to try out people like and then that's what fucking 50 60 quid for every day yeah and i don't know about you guys but like to find someone i like it takes a lot of dating yes yeah Yeah. yes i'm so glad you're there now france um but um but yeah like how did i mean i guess this is like um anya gives advice to the world um but like how did you know that like your therapist this time was like like a good match obviously the one. yeah the one your one true love because obviously you said that they were easy to talk to but um but yeah like what mm. was it that like kind of made you know so i also have therapy through health insurance oh, amazing. so when i was looking at therapists i got given like a list and i like looked at all their websites and like went like emailed a couple and arranged a consultation with a different therapist to the one who I see now and went to the consultation. I've done consultations with other therapists before. I've never turned one down. Like, I've never been like, oh, that wasn't a good fit. I've just been like, okay, cool. When am I seeing you next? Mm. So I went to this consultation and told her all this, like, horrific stuff that was going on in my life at that point, which is why I was, like, suddenly needing, like, a lot of therapy. Um, And... She just looked really worried. (laughs) She just sort of sat there and was like, Oh, that's not what you want. And I was like, I did not enjoy this at all. Like, I didn't feel, I didn't feel judged because, again, like, all of this stuff was stuff that was happening to me. So it was like, I knew I wasn't in the wrong anyway. But, like, I just didn't feel like she was, like, ready to get stuck in. Um, So then I was like, Cool, I'm going to turn her down which I'd never done with a therapist so I feel like once I'd done that I was like oh, okay I can do that mm. um so then I went to see this therapist who I'm currently with and was like telling her all this stuff and she was instantly like picking up on the what I can't remember what she did I think she was just like asking me because I had like a very kind of um like almost like a bullet point summary of what was going on, which I'd like perfected, I guess, to kind of like put up like a bit of a barrier to be like, I can tell you about this stuff, but I'm like not actually telling bullet you. Bullet points of a like, I'm giving routine. you like... like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and she kind of, I think, tuned into that and was also like, how are you feeling right now? And then she said something, I can't remember what it was, but she like said something that she was thinking and like noticed that I'd reacted and was like how did you feel about what I just said and like made me go into that like it was quite challenging um which I liked and was like (laughs) this is the one we connect (laughs) you are for me yeah I love that yeah yeah that's really cool and now you're I think also like I'm sure you guys have this as well I think if you think you need to be like an overachiever or a really high achiever then it's you think you can win therapy and be like I already know all this stuff about myself Mm -hmm. so to have someone 
point something out to you that you don't know is kind of like a oh, shit yeah of course I don't know anything yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah being totally. yeah being self-aware is one thing but then yeah having somebody else like almost criticize that if you have this like version of yourself that's probably like this but this big and then they're sort of adding the other bits onto it I'm sure is yeah yeah <laughs> very exactly. um interesting experience <laughs> One kind, I think. So shout out yeah. to her. Yeah. Um, you can get a discount with ten percent off with the name Anya. <laughs> but can no, I? obviously oh, you can't. Okay. <laughs> no. And also, none of your close. Do you know what's annoying about therapy and recommending therapists is that you can't actually recommend any of your close friends to your therapist. I do think that would save so much time if I could get all my family to do therapy with my therapist that's so true like I'd be like you see what I mean but I read I saw this on Instagram and it like I'm sure I'm sure it's been everywhere but like a little um, post saying the reason that I am in therapy is for the is for the sole reason that all of the people no the reason that I'm in therapy is for all of the people in my life who won't go to therapy or don't go to therapy and I'm yeah. like mm, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um I feel you but also I, I feel like that. if I exactly. if I if me and Clancy had not that I have any like issues with you or anything but like if we had the same therapist and you were talking about stuff or talking about people in our lives and then I went to the therapist then I wouldn't have to do that whole thing of explaining who people are because I'm like you probably know I think that's maybe why you can't because then you like have context from two different like there's like conflict of interest isn't there because you've got two sides Mm. telling you their side of the story as opposed to like looking at it and going I see how you're feeling you then the person could start defending another party Maybe, I don't know. It probably I, just makes things harder for the therapist. Like, like, they probably just neutral. want to avoid that because yeah, it's, it's like, rude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want my life to be easier. They get paid to do this shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on now. No, I'm <laughs> joking. Um, and yeah, so we don't want to take up too much more of your time, but because we love rules, rules of threes, have you got one more kind of topic that you want to bring up? Yeah, I have. I thought another good, difficult conversation I had was coming out. Yes. to my mum and my stepdad um which I did in this very house actually in wow. the first lockdown quite oh, recently yeah. um I also like it's hard to know I didn't know whether I have had to because they like follow me on social media <laughs> but like yeah. aren't active users of it and I was like what do I how do I do this? Mm. And I also was like, do I need to do this? And then I was like, I know I'm saying, asking, do I need to do this? Because I'm scared. Not Why because are you I'm in actually my like... head? Like, this is so <laughs> We had this conversation last night. Did you? Oh, yeah. God. Oh my God, yeah. wait, can I just move in with you guys? This would <laughs> save me so much time. <laughs> like what we were saying last night, we were like, we were like, it's annoying that queer people feel the need to come out because yeah, society is so still so heteron. about it. I've been so stubborn about it for like such a long time being like, I don't need to, I feel like, why do we have to do this? But yeah, anyway, mm. please carry on. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 don't apologize. Like, I think it is exactly that thing. But I was also like, um, yeah, I guess I was just like, I want to do this. Also, it was when I was moving back to London at the end of the kind of strict lockdown. So I was moving into like a new flat which I meant to move into before we went into lockdown but was like I don't want to lock down in this like place mm-hmm. with like where I've never actually lived or whatever like it just seemed like a stupid idea also I'd just gone through a breakup was like not in good vibes um, um 
for the listeners, I just did the peace sign to make it less uh, sad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like, I, yeah, so then I was like, I know I want to have this conversation. And I think what's quite funny, and I'm sure I will turn this into stand-up, so do forgive me if you ever see me doing this on stage, you are getting it straight from the horse's mouth so before exciting. it's been I'm joked so, up. So um, we can't wait. But this is I the first version this... of, the, of the Live at, a, at the Apollo's version. <laughs> this is the inaugural version. We actually are yeah, a exactly. company that um, allows stand-up comedians to come to us with their ideas first. We help them edit. It's, um, it's a passion. <laughs> Honestly, that's glorious. Absolutely. I also think that's... like I've been in conversations with comedians where I thought we were having a conversation and then they do it on stage and I'm like, was oh, I just a sounding board to yeah. you? So I wanted to caveat it with that so yeah. that you don't have that. Um, Thank you. But like, I feel like a lot of people have like quite profound, like coming out stories in the sense of like what they say and like how they figure out what they're going to say and all that sort of stuff. Um, what I did was that my friend posted on her close friend's Instagram story that she'd just come out to her parents as bisexual which is what I am at least at the moment today um and she was like yeah I just came out and I was just like what did you say and she told me and I just said exactly what she said (laughs) I love that I copied her coming out oh my gosh uh monologue word for word did you like (laughs) read it or did you send it did you just like forward it on a whatsapp message she did a voice note to me because I messaged her being like like I'm really nervous about doing this also we're like we live together we're best friends like it's good vibes yeah um like I was close enough I think to to ask her that and for her to be really honest with me with what Mm. she said she just told me and I was like yeah I'll put my own spin on that and then I was like actually I've got nothing else to add that's amazing and how did your um how did your parents take that um that copyrighted version of of a coming out I think I I had no worries Mm. about how they would react I wasn't like oh my god this could go either way I was like at the most at the worst they'll say something that's, like, borderline uninformed. Yeah. Like, it won't be mean, it won't be malicious, it won't be bad. It will just be, like, you know, stuff that any older relative can say at any point on any topic. Um, What I didn't anticipate was, like, how emotional I was. I found it so hard. Like, harder than... Like, I've... There are so many... There are quite a lot of things in my life that I could have that I could speak about today, but they're too much. Yeah. <laughs> and like, also some stuff I like can't speak about. Um, and so I was like, obviously all those topics, whatever, like I'd never had, I've, I've had like a lot of difficult things that I haven't found as hard as this, even though on paper you'd be like, this was definitely way easier. Um, and I was just like, like, standing like lurking around the living room like ready to have this conversation for about an hour like standing in the kitchen being like I think I'm gonna do it now and then like it was like an hour later and I was like I still and also like I hadn't like lost my train of thought and gotten caught up in a conversation I was like still thinking like do it now do it now do it now but I couldn't I was so nervous and again it was like 
I wasn't nervous about them reacting badly. I don't know why. I think it was just so such an like intimate thing to do. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I um, there's something that I want to talk to you about. And my mum was like, oh, are you pregnant? And I was kind of like, oh, the opposite, <laughs> if anything. Um, but then, yeah, so then we sat down and I like said basically this line, which is not my own, but basically being like the next time I like date someone, if you meet them, they might be a man or a woman or anyone else like wasn't like quite a simple way to put it basically which is why I liked it and didn't have anything yeah. to add mm. and then I just burst into tears oh my like gosh. and I was just like I I think like not straight away they were like that's fine like cool and then I just started sobbing and then my mum kind of was like that must have been really hard for you to do and I was like yeah and then I think we just had dinner. <laughs> oh, your mum sounds like a ledge. What a great response. I was just going to say your mum sounds so great. <laughs> yeah, no, shout out. <laughs> yes, to Anya's mum. I mean, both her and, and my stepdad were just like, yeah, that's just, we like had a hug and then just had dinner. Never spoke about it again. <laughs> and are you happy with that? We're not like... So are you happy with that kind of like progression of events? You're like, it's out now and I just don't need a touch on it because it's just my life. Like, Yeah, I was just kind of like, cool. I don't need it to be this big like yeah. interrogation of everything up until this point or what's to come or whatever. Like, it's fine. That's just something that's that you know about me now. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also like, yeah. It had been this thing of, like, me kind of being more comfortable with talking about it online during the lockdown. So I guess it felt kind of weird that it wasn't matching up with, like, the lived experience I was having, like, in my house. Um, Not that I would talk about my (laughs) that sort of thing loads to my parents anyway. Um, Mm. But, yeah, I think it's, like, it was such... It was so okay and yet for some reason it was like the most nervous I've ever felt about anything and so like I've done shows where I've spoken to like rooms full of strangers about like the like real shit I've experienced which I also like keep saying like I'm some like old ass like I don't know wartime (laughs) major sergeant (laughs) All it is is just, like, men being bad to me, which most people have experienced, um, sadly. But, like, I've done shows where I've spoken about that sort of stuff and never found it as nerve-wracking as this. And I guess it's, like, there's pretty obvious reasons why about, like, it being my parents and it being, like, something that I hadn't told them before and, like, all this sort of stuff. But, like, yeah, I was just so surprised about how hard I found it. Mm-hmm. But I guess it was it's interesting that you say that it's, like, a really intimate thing and especially if you don't have that kind of relationship with the people that you're talking, uh, telling. Like, if you, if you don't, you know, generally talk about your dating life or your sex life and then because of the reason that this particular pattern of behavior i'm putting this in quotation marks for the listener is not the norm um it's it's can be terribly like well yeah it's it holds like a massive 
like lens up because realistically you're saying I you know you're telling this person that you're dating this kind of person or you're sleeping with this kind of person which I think is is interesting which I think is also why I have such like stubborn feelings as to like needing to come out in the in the first place I say that it's not like I haven't in terms of like the grand gesture of it but um but yeah like I wonder what, what was your thought towards like people needing to come out as a general like obviously you felt that it was the right thing for you to do and you mm. needed to do it but I just wonder if you have any thoughts on that <clears throat> I don't know it's kind of like I think it's okay if you don't as well that's a big question <laughs> I don't know I think I don't have the answer but I have like two thoughts maybe mm-hmm. maybe yeah. three if we're lucky um oh, love a rule of three yeah I mean I don't like I don't have I definitely think it, the aim should be to get to the point where straight isn't the norm <laughs> like mm-hmm. that would be that better would for fun. society as well um yeah I also have stand up about this which I'm not going to do on a podcast because that would be horribly awkward for you both but like I do yeah. just think that yeah that we're, that is the end goal I guess um mm. I also just think that like but also I don't think people okay no I'm actually not gonna generalize I'll talk about my experience I think that's a better way to do it mm. yeah. I think for for quite a while I thought that like my feelings were like normal feelings for a straight person um because like people hadn't spoken about this sort of thing where I could like hear them I don't really know if that makes sense but like I think I needed to and wanted to because I also had like realized that my feelings were more than just a classic thing of like a girl crush or whatever Mm. um so I think it can be important in that sort of thing of being in that sort of way of being like um maybe for the person it can be quite an important step to like validate those feelings and like it doesn't also I guess like sometimes it does automatically help you bond with a person that's another angle like one of my flatmates is queer and I we met like he moved into our house through a queer like housemate group where I found him from and like as soon as like we were like okay we're on the same team it just like instantly <laughs> means you're like better friends it's like the law um, <laughs> yes, stuff like that as is. well where it's like it can feel like a little like a little secret bond well not secret at all but like like a, oh, it is. a it special is a team club. that you're on yeah it, 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 it is sorry um so yeah I think that I don't know I don't have I haven't got a solid opinion on it but those are the three that I have (laughs) that's fair no I just find it interesting to get other queer people's opinion of like their experience of it because I know it's so different for everyone and not everybody is in a safe space to be able to do it so that Mm. is a factor or people really want to and they don't think it's the right time or some people really want to and they know that they have to have like a big you know they want to do it um sort of loud and and vivaciously and they want to have a big sort of uh display of that and some people don't because they don't and they don't and they shouldn't have to feel like that so I do I just find it quite interesting to hear what um yeah other queer people's experiences Mm. of it because I think they're all so different and very and people society puts such a big I think um 
people seem to have lots of thoughts about coming out as a general and that yeah. doesn't always include people that are in the community that just includes the general world that have all of these thoughts about what it is what it should be what it should look like granted thanks to the media and thanks to the world so i think it's interesting when it's yeah it comes from people that have actually lived it and done it um, yeah, yeah and i think like <laughs> i have lived it and done it in like the most like lucky privileged way like mine was mm. so fine and like it's definitely like my opinions of it are through that lens and so that's I think why I needed to be like in my head this is don't generalize this this is your experience because like fuck it was relatively easy like it was so even though I found it like emotionally hard it was so easy like it was fine Mm. um I just put a rainbow in my social media bias and was like done (laughs) that's (laughs) mental that's so easy (laughs) Yeah, I did that for a bit. And then I was like, oh, no, honestly, yeah. I always feel like I get um Instagram like DMs from those weird bots that are always like, here is a page. It is really gay. You'll probably like it. Come and be our ambassador. <laughs> like that kind of stuff that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm part of the I'm part of the group. I'm yeah. in the community. Yes, this feels nice. Maybe I'll put them back on there. I don't know. I have some sparkles at the moment, I feel. Maybe I'll do it. I I think also like I definitely have them. Sorry. No, I no, you guys. sort of have them as well just because I'm like, as a comedian like I have material about it and I want people like these profiles are for comedy as well as personal I guess which is what a what a world that is where I don't (laughs) make a distinction but like I want to be like this is if you're a queer person like my comedy will be for you like don't don't look at this and be like oh is this person going to be like a little bit homophobic or like the worries that you might have with other comedians I want to be like no come please this is for you yeah um, to be fair I did that was sort of my general thought process to it because I was like oh I feel like I should put them here because I want this to feel like I mean I'm not really a big social media person but obviously through the podcast and all of that kind of stuff I understand that you know you gain more you get followers and all of that kind of stuff and as an actor who you know people even if you know you're not huge people generally seem to join the dots and will kind of know through friends who's who and whatever this is me not them um, by no means a you know huge star or whatever um but um but yeah I kind of it's the same with like you know putting your pronouns in your bio etc I think it was more so a um yeah I think it's like a w- wanting people to feel like your space is a safe space that yeah this is so trivial um, but in lockdown I took out and do that <laughs> uh in lockdown I took out the fact that I'm an actor because um I was trying to get non-actory jobs and I didn't want them to think that I was going to up and left as soon as the industry comes back, which I absolutely will do. Um, <laughs> but I, it's still like not there. It's like the most vague shit ever because I'm just like, everyone hire me, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. It's so funny how like social media bios are such like a, I feel like it's been su- such a cause of stress for me. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, how do I, how do I like put all of my identity in like the space of three lines? It's so like, true. Yeah. Things that I've ever done. Yeah, um, so true. Anya, is there anything you want to say that you haven't said? Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> in general or now? Just um, in life. The whole thing about anything you've talked about. I don't know I think I've done I think I've covered the things that I thought would be good to talk about um yeah I think we smashed I can't it. think of anything that's good I'm glad um I feel like I I mean I have this whenever I do gigs as well I don't know if you guys have it when you perform but like I kind of if I'm like properly in the moment I don't remember anything I don't remember anything I just said yeah. <laughs> pretty much Absolutely. like I remember vaguely what we talked about but I can't really remember I what just I was rem- you saying just, you but... just remember that you feel like a rock star 
Yeah. You're like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and everyone loved me. I'm amazing. Do you have anything to plug though? That is a question. Um, I nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. No, I just my social medias. I guess my Instagram where the goss is happening. Please submit. Mm. I'm not gonna do one for maybe two weeks because people are. I can tell that people are running out. I'm getting fewer submissions mm. every week and it's scary. So I'm like, I need to take it away so that people know what they're missing and then we'll make more effort to submit um, when it comes back. I'm literally I just like a thought, teacher. I was like, I, I want to submit something, but then I'm like, you'll still, you'll know it's me. So <laughs> Yeah, but I don't judge. I'm chilled and I've made so many errors in my life. Not that oh, it God. would be an error. Um, oh, honey, honey, you, yeah, to be just fair, actually, you wait. nothing's happening right now. My life is very boring, so. Ooh, like, oh, um, just your word. <laughs> but yeah, so my Instagram is at Anya Magliano. I think you already said that. There'll be gossip at some point in the future. Um, yes. My Twitter is at Anya Mags. That's the other place where I put all my personal life. Yeah, um, But yeah, I'm sure there'll be, I'm sure... There are like actual projects that I'm working on, but nothing is like set in stone enough for me to bother shouting it out. Yeah. So I just follow those and I guess you'll Fair. see it. Amazing. If you want to. Yeah. Anya, thank you so Delightful. much for coming on the show we'll and for it. your time and your thank generosity. You for me. It's been amazing. Thank oh my God, you. no, thank you. Thank you for giving me this space to talk about so much stuff. This has been Open House with Mel Lowe and Clancy Ryan. Music by Glenn Clark. Bye.